Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, direct from Dallas, Texas, it's the Kevin Turner Show podcast featuring Jesse Kubinett. Coming up today, an update on our search for a missing llama named Marmalade, an interview from a former elbow model, and how to use jealousy to lower your blood pressure. Now, put your hands together for Kevin Turner! <laughs> yeah, you know, Jesse, one reason that I, I wanted you to uh, be on this podcast with me is uh, there's not a lot of great therapists in my network. You know, insurance in this day and age has mm-hmm. been rough. So it's been real nice to just kind of have someone to talk to. I mean, I'm not going to say like against your will. Like you're here because you want to be, I think. But you're really doing me a favor more so than anything. Um, I think we're going to analyze me and maybe you a little bit today. Although I feel like you're a little bit more in the clear because we've had very few discussions in our lifetime about music. And I am a, uh, a music lover of sorts. But I also think because of things that happened to me in my childhood, I have also become a music hater as well. And that creates this uh, weird dynamic. For instance, Jesse, what's your favorite musical artist? My favorite musical artist is Sturgill Simpson. See, now that's a badass answer. So, like, you don't you you've never had to like defend yourself about liking Sturgill Simpson, have you? No, I haven't. And I'll I'll counter that because I do. I am aware that that's a good answer. I know that. Uh, and I was very early in on Sturgill Simpson, but a confession of mine is that I'm not usually in on an artist early. Like, I'm the one who, I find them last when they have, like, three albums out already and everybody already loves them. Uh, and I would say I have good taste in music, but then I also really love crap. If there's a song that people don't like, or an artist that people don't like, odds are I'll... I'll toe-tap to a couple of their hits. Well, isn't what you said, though, good taste in music, isn't that kind of a part of where the whole discussion begins in a way? Because what defines a good taste in music? Well, I don't know. Yeah. It's different for I, everyone. I also, I also have moved lately. We t- I, I think it was last week we talked about Big Bang. It might have been two weeks ago. I've moved into more of a place... Lately, as I've gotten a little bit older, of just like what you like, man. Everything's in the world is pretty terrible. So as long as you got something that you enjoy listening to, reading, or watching, like bully for you. That that's called thirty. I think that's what thirty is. It's it's not the Paul Rudd yeah. and Leslie Mann movie. This is forty. That's this is thirty. When you kind of start stop caring about that stuff, because I, I'm not gonna say. I am going to kind of out myself, kind of be a bit of an a-hole. Not that I was, like, mean to people, but it's, like, very, like, a snarky thing online. Like, oh, oh, well, Coldplay, oh, now they've sold out. But their first three albums were great, but they've sold out. I was that guy. Oh, oh now people like Kings of Leon because sex is on fire? Oh, they've never heard the first three albums. And I would, like... Now, part of that is because that's a bit of the culture at the first radio station I worked at in town, The Ticket, and grew up listening to The Ticket. And part of that is in that culture, a little snooty sometimes when it comes to that stuff. Um, And I think some of those guys would admit it. But then as I got older, I realized, man, it's not real cool to be that way. It's actually terrible to be that way. But I remember this in college. You know, in college, you can't really like – when 2006 is when I went to college. Um, And you can't really like – at the time, illegally downloading stuff was weird because the dorm would find a way to have it all firewalled off. But I joined this group, this indie rock playlist group, 
and they would basically send me this playlist a month, and it's like new crap. So like, and then as the years went on, I like compiled all this music that I was kind of getting what I felt was early. And this is before Spotify too, keep in mind. So things have changed. Oh, sure. And I remember when Foster the People got uh, real popular with Pumped Up Kicks. And I had gotten a version of that that was, it was like the demo. It wasn't even like the finished version, like a year and a half before it was popular on the radio. And I remember like acting like that was some badge of honor. Like, I knew that song. Why? Why be that way? And I'll tell you why. And it's going to be different because I think it's all about where you grew up and how it all started. Where did you go to high school, Jesse? I went to high school in Frisco, specifically Frisco Wakeland High School. Go Wolverines. Graduated in, uh, what, 08? 2010. 2010, okay. Um, you're a baby. Um, and so you had, at the time, though, Frisco had gotten big enough, so you were 4A, 5A school? I think they're 5A now, but they were 4A at the time, so... Wakeland opened in 2006, which was my freshman year. And yeah, you're right. Like at that point, and I mean, it's a behemoth now, but Frisco was like, oh, wow, this is a big place. At the time, it was like talk of the town. There's six high schools in Frisco. Yeah, like the Ikea just got there and it was crazy. And then there was a rumor that like, I remember the craziest Frisco rumor I ever heard, which feels like nonsense, but that there was going to maybe be another Disney World. Or like a Disneyland. That was a real rumor for a minute that I was just like, okay, that's not going to happen. It turned out being the star. It's just kind of, it's kind yeah, of the it same was, thing. It turned out to be the, the video game museum. The video game hall of fame. Which I also want to go to, by the way. Yeah, no, they've got, I think they have the, uh, man, I could be wrong. Uh, i talk out of my butt here. The pinball hall of fame. It's crazy. Arlington, Texas has the bowling hall of fame. Like, who knew? I uh, I didn't know that. I thought they were the town with Hurricane Harbor. Thought that they were known for Hurricane Harbor. Wet and wild. Hurricane Harbor, home of the uh, ear infection as well. Yes. Um, if you want a fresh ear infection, just go to Hurricane Harbor. It's actually on their season pass. Like they. It. And if you want a uh, an even worse ear infection, you can get it faster and for a little bit cheaper. You can go to Hawaiian Falls in the colony. <laughs> yeah, that. You just—it's more of like if you're kind of a riskier person there, you're taking your chances with the water quality. But yeah. for some people, it's just a water park, you know. At Hawaiian Falls, the big slide—that's you know a straight drop. They don't test it as much as the Hurricane Harbor big drop slide, and the water is worse. Yeah, but they're still up to code because the inspection rules are a little bit loose at the colony. They stay up to code, and that's all that matters as long as you're meeting code. They inspected a little more Hurricane Harbor because of the capacity, the square footage, you know. Yeah, at, at Hawaiian Falls, it's a little bit smaller, and you're a lot more likely to step on a screw that came out of one of the slides, and you just got to kind of roll with it and be like, I hope this isn't an important one. Yeah, at Hawaiian Falls, it's like, okay, there's a chance that there's going to be a tampon somewhere in the Lazy River, but I'm going to ride it out because yeah. I'm saving some money here. If you find it, you get like a meal voucher. Unlike those, unlike those bastards at Hurricane Harbor that are here to gouge your wallet, <laughs> they're out to get you. Um, so I went, what were we talking about? I went to a small school, right? So it's a little bit different. Two A graduating class of around fifty. My the radio stations growing up, where you had a pop station out of Wichita Falls. And then you had like three country stations and then like a classic rock station. So the pop station would play a little bit of everything, right? Uh, but then the three country stations, the classic rock. And eventually as I got into junior high and high school in Graham, Texas, where I actually started doing radio at the age of like 13, they had a, a station they basically caught like, they caught like a mix. So like you could go anywhere from hearing, okay, well they just played uh, Sugar Ray <laughs> and then they played... You know, oh, a Justin Timberlake song. And then they played, uh, you know, John Mayer. And then they would play, you know, Christina Aguilera. So it was like all this, like, weird... It was a bunch of stuff coming together. Oh, there's Jimmy Eat World out of nowhere. Like, it was kind of everything. Matchbox 20 into, you know, something like that was a little more poppy. And then back to, well, here's the Goo Goo Dolls. 
And it's like, okay, so they were trying to play like 90s stuff for the most part, which I grew up on, so I actually loved it. And that is not when I discovered... This is good, God. See, I feel bad. I'm already, I shouldn't feel guilty of explaining this right now. No, go. I'm, I'm on needles and pins. My favorite band's the Dave Matthews Band. So, what do you think of when you think of the Dave Matthews Band? I'll be honest with you. Cause, so, I knew that. I knew you were going yeah. there with that. I think nothing when I hear that you like the Dave Matthews Band. I think you like it. That's great. Good for you, man. That's awesome. He He's in... Um, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry for like two seconds. That's, yeah, he is. That's what I think of when I hear the Dave Matthews band. I'll tell you what. This is how I give you a, a gauge of like who you're talking to. And I don't mean this as a dig. I don't think I could name a Dave Matthews band song. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing I don't wrong think with that. But like if, if I heard it, I'd be like, oh, great. So I started listening to the Dave Matthews band five to six, seven years after their popularity spike in the mid-90s, I started listening to them like 2003, all right? Mm-hmm. And it was the strangest damn thing because like a, once I started, I, my cousin and then my I, uh, my mom's brother as well, my uncle, had some old CDs. And I can't listen to that, burned CDs. God, I remember when CD burners were a thing. And I was like, oh, God, yeah. what is this? Like, this is crazy. It's like a 10-minute song. It's kind of going up and down. And it's just like... Wow, they do a saxophone in there. The drumming's incredible. What is this stuff? This guitar style is amazing as well. It's not the basic four country chords I've heard my entire life. It's just like blown away by this and you started diving in and going deeper. But I'll be damned if throughout my high school career, and I will admit that I was I became addicted. I became addicted to this band, which they've done to people because they've got a big fan base. Many great sure. bands have done that. But... I was almost like fighting off this thing of getting made fun of for liking this kind of off band because I wasn't listening to effing Pat Green all the time or whatever the Texas country stuff was back then. If I wasn't because li- that's all anyone listened to that or they listened to hip hop and I actually liked mm-hmm. some of the hip hop. So like I actually could keep up in that. Sure. Regard. Fought that off. Go to college. Fought that off. And to this day, because I've been almost made fun of my entire life, my entire life for liking the Dave Matthews Band, it caused me to, I think, feel like I had to defend it. And by defending sure. it, I put out hatred into the world. Mm-hmm. And I've never quite gotten to the bottom of it. It comes up even on the Ben and Skin show sometimes, and they're just having fun using me as a punching bag, as they'll do from time to time. And you know. If I don't like it, they can find someone else for the job, right? So I'll t- I'll take it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I like the job, but like, it does like it. It is like this thing where you're like, oh, you like the dude? Okay, I, I was watching a comedian, Mark Marin, and I've never been like a huge Mark Marin fan or anything, but he does the whole thing with the Dave Matthews and the oh, the the fans are barefooted and they're playing hacky sack and they're all hippies. Oh, real original, Mark. And you can go through and find- Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dave Matthews joke after Dave Matthews joke after Dave Matthews joke. And I'm like, okay, everyone get real lazy with their hatred of this band. Let's find some unique angles. Like the violin player who's not in the band anymore and was kicked out when he like molested this other guy in this other side band. Like, oh wow! If you want some ammo, like go after that guy, but let's yeah. give up the we're all around a campfire. So, all of this is just a, I'm saying is, a, I think when people defend things or feel bad about things, and they sometimes put out this like thing into the world, whatever it is, this energy, it it might come from like how someone treated them at a younger age. Yeah, I have I have something. Hopefully, that'll like take. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna give like two things, and one of them goes with what I'm saying, and one doesn't. The, the first is 
So I grew up in Dallas, but I was also born in, in Buffalo, New York. I'm, I'm a huge Bills fan. I think people know that by now. But, like, uh, the biggest thing in Buffalo, like, one of their biggest uh, hang-ups is that you got to eat your wings with blue cheese and not ranch. And, like, that's that's the thing. And, like, I, get, I eat my wings with blue cheese. I didn't always. I didn't really like blue cheese when I was a kid. But I also think blue cheese in Buffalo is actually is better. It's not just, like, the, you know, kind that you grab at Kroger or whatever. Like, when they make it up there, like, there's brands at the restaurants and the wing joints that they just have blue cheese that it tastes different. It tastes better there, and it's better on the wings. That's great. And then we'll draft this 19-year-old from, like, the University of, like, Southern California, and the first question he gets after he gets drafted is, like, hey, man, do you like ranch or blue cheese on your wings? And he's never even had blue cheese before, and he's like, that sounds disgusting. I like ranch. And then the fans all freak out because it's like, you can't eat your wings with ranch. What are you, crazy? And it's just like, well, who cares? He who cares? He didn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. And then the, so the second thing I'll say, and I know that was Buffalo, and this might diminish this argument. In, I won't even say all of Texas, but let's just go DFW. Because I think your high school and college experience all falls under the umbrella. Most of your life is DFW, right? You would say? Yeah, since, you know, most of my adult life. Like, since after high school. It's a, it was such yeah, a big, after high school. It was such a big culture shock when I went to college. I'll, I'll lump in your high school as well, just for the sake of this. I feel, and this is someone who I li- I grew up in the DFW, and I've moved all over the place. Like, I lived in Chicago for a little bit. I've been to New York City a whole bunch. lived in L.A., all that. Uh, and not to say that those are just, like, big hub cities, but, like, I hit the East, I hit the Midwest, and the West Coast. People in the DFW care way too much about very stupid things and i know that is the majority of our listener base and maybe this will be the start of change but like everyone's got to chill out and what i'm where i'm going with this is if you are at a bar with a bunch of people and they have a bunch of beers on draft and you're like oh i'll just have like a coors light people lose their minds because, like, oh, how can you drink that? And I've even seen it on, you know, the Ben and Skin Facebook group thing where somebody posts, like, you can't drink, you know, those beer, or like Miller Lite. It's, like, toilet water. You got to drink craft. And people that, like, really like craft beer will go bananas if you order a Miller Lite or a Miller High Life. But also just, like, who, you're, I'm not making you drink it. Do okay, so th- this is great because do the Whataburger In and Out thing has always been a little bit confounding to me. Oh yeah, just don't go do, if you don't like it. Do, no, just, just don't go. People in California give a crap at all about like Whataburger people, and maybe Whataburger doesn't exist in it. California. But like when In and Out came here, it became this like dumb argument all the time, and it's like, hey, I think both of them are actually fine. Uh, like yeah um, if like if i could so here's the thing if i if i'm on a road trip and there's nothing for miles hundreds of miles and i'm just like man i'm starting to get hungry and then i pull up to this magical intersection that has an in and out burger on one side a water burger on the other uh and then let's say a chick-fil-a and a wendy's those are the four corners i'm probably gonna go to in and out last I might go to Whataburger first. I might go to Wendy's. I don't know. I might go to Chick-fil-A. It doesn't matter. It, what do I want at the time? But specifically, yeah, you're right. The In-N-Out and Whataburger thing is very dumb. And, like, the craft beer thing, I like craft beer, too. It's yummy. Quite good. But, like, that, people really freak out about really dumb things. And I've noticed it more in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, in like going and coming back. And the beer is like my prime example because just casually ordering something will send people into a frenzy. And it really is like you don't – I'm not making you have this thing. You can have what you want. And unless you're holding people down 
tying them to a chair, forcing them to listen to the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> There's no issue with you listening to it. Garth Brooks versus George Strait. That that like became a thing. Yeah, another that thing- is that is another one that's so dumb because they both don't matter in any way, shape, or form. And the same thing. Like I've seen, I've seen Garth Brooks, and I haven't seen George Strait. They were both fine. Uh, I'll give you a controversy. You want some controversy? Yes. I'll give you one. Moving out of COVID, and I, this is me specifically, and this will be hot. If I never went to another concert again, I'd be fine. Really? I've been to some that are great. I was just talking about this the other day. I've been to some that were great, but like somebody brought up a concert. They brought up a Chance the Rapper concert that I went to at the Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Bowl is a world-famous venue. It's really cool. I've been a couple times. I saw Chance the Rapper there. I forgot that I went. Like, that wasn't a mark that it was a bad concert, but just every time I'm at a concert, I'm usually like, I, I could go home. What is your concert? About midway through. What is your concert like, um, like history? Well, I've been to Sturgill like four times. Yeah. That's the one where, like, I'm sure if, uh, if a Dave Matthews Band concert you know, pops up, you're probably going to buy tickets. Dude, I have an app on my phone that has my tour stats. Right. So yeah, there you go. You're a big concert goer. If uh, I have a lot of friends who go to concerts all the time. And again, it's great. And if they asked me to go, I would probably go. That's not a thing I'm searching out. I'm not like on concertboy.gov or whatever people <laughs> use to find all their concerts. But like I've been to Sturgill a whole bunch because that's I like him. That's my preference. That's your but also if I if I didn't go, I'd be fine. Do you ever like look up and see what he's played? Like if you have you uh you, you didn't go to concertboy.gov, but you could go to setlist.fm, find out what songs he played, the not the shows you went to. Like I have a that's thing. A, and it's that's a, a great website that I didn't know existed, and I will probably go to setlistboy.net next time and I'll see what he did. So, like, I got this thing on my phone, and it's, uh, again, this is not uncommon. There's just a website I, I found uh, when I was a kid, too, because they used to, like, download, like, Dave Matthews, like, summer shows. Because, you know, they got famous through, like, tapes, like, you know, tapers mm-hmm. and stuff. And they've got a vast song catalog. So, any given show, you're not going to get the same set list. Most concerts you get to, it's just a band playing the same 15 to 20 songs Night after night after night, city by city. And I really respect the bands that are like, no, 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 no. Never know. Each night, you just never know. And you kind of like that. I've been mm-hmm. to 19 shows in 14 years. I've seen 118 different songs. Right? And you're going to down cool. my album. No, it's stupid. But it's but I, I still love it. But if you had that thing for Sturgill, okay, you won't go into show five, and now you kind of know. And it was just there on your phone on an app. Would you be like yeah. more into it and want to go see him more? Maybe. And like this is where I am a bit of a hypocrite in this regard. It's also because like I haven't gone to concerts in a long time uh, be- because of COVID and all that stuff. I don't think anybody really has. Um, but yeah, like he I know that he does end them differently every time because I've been to a couple shows and I know he has like a big ender and he switches it up every tour and. You know, I know other nights he's done them, like, differently, too, from... I had a friend who went on, like, a Friday, and I went to the Saturday show, and he, like, told me about it. And I was like, cool. That's great, man. I'm really happy for you that you you went and did that. This is where, though, that's... that's, Who's your second favorite musical artist? Could you... Like, could you quickly name your top ten? It probably rotates. Oh, I don't think so. But, like... Yeah, who I haven't seen, I would love to go to uh, see the Foo Fighters. That would be really fun. Um, I saw the Killers in like a brief capacity. Um, like it wasn't like a big. It wasn't like a Killers concert. It was yeah. a. It was a miniature thing. I would love to see them. Um. Oh my God! Do you want to know? This is a, a completely left field, but this is my favorite concert experience ever. Um, so I do, everyone knows I do, I'm human resources at the Kimmel show and at the Ben and Skin show, but I, I moonlight as HR at the Kimmel show. Uh, so I've seen a lot of 
musical acts and that's also probably where i'm coming from where like i wouldn't need to see a concert ever again because i've gotten to see a ton of bands and musical artists play little snippets three to four songs you know like i saw i've seen the black pumas like twice i think uh and i saw them just play a couple songs i've seen leon bridges a couple times he just played a couple songs i love him as a character but rick ross is one of my favorite people on the planet and Good for him. He lost the weight, but when he was really heavy, he was super funny because he there was this Rolling Stones article that it's the best thing I've ever read in my life, uh, where a, a guy shadowed Rick Ross for like three days. And this is Fat Rick Ross, and they're at this restaurant the first night, and they're kind of winding down the food. And I can't remember the menu, but like it's really extravagant. He goes into the whole thing. And then as, like, the meal is kind of winding down and they're about to get the check, Rick Ross orders, like, three bowls of lobster bisque to go. <laughs> and the, the Rolling Stones writer goes, oh, what's that for? And he was like, I like to have that for breakfast. So that is, again, that I was like, the legend grows for Rick Ross. So I'm at Kimmel, and it was a, this is a couple years ago. Rick Ross is coming on for one of his albums. And I'm just like, that's incredible. It was like a Thursday night, last show of the week. Those are always really fun. I go out, I'm waiting for Rick Ross. And I also have incredible seats for these things. Like before COVID, before lockdown, the Black Keys came on. And I got to be, you know, like 10 feet away from the Black Keys. That's another one. I would see the Black Keys. Um, but I got to see them play like four songs, super close up. But anyway, so I'm in the same position for Rick Ross. Just like off to the side, he's right there. He plays like two songs because they usually, for late night shows, they typically will tape one. They might do another take of it just in case something was wrong. Um, so two takes of one song, maybe a, a bonus one that they'll put up on YouTube for the show. And then if you're lucky and if it's like an outdoor venue. And hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A big enough artist, they'll they'll do a couple. They'll they'll play a couple hits. And like I've seen, I went out for Nickelback just because I was like, I'm not going to not see free Nickelback. Everybody always dumps on Nickelback. I got to see what that looks like. I saw Blink-182. They were awful. They were really disappointingly bad. Um... But Rick Ross, this is why he'll forever live in my mind as like one of my favorite moments. He tapes his two, and then to the director who's on stage, he turns to me and he says into the microphone, he goes, are we done filming? And the director affirms him. He says, yeah, we're done filming. And then Rick Ross goes, all right, let's play the good shit. And he rips his shirt off and pop that comes on, which is... If you haven't heard, it's like it's Rick Ross's like quintessential song, legendary, and he's only played all of his features, all of his every Rick Ross song where you're like, oh, I like that Rick Ross song. He just played it in a row, like, and he wouldn't do them for like three, four minutes, the full length of the song, but he basically just did. There was a rapper that I know, uh, I, I can't place him at the time. It might be Drake or somebody, but they'll at their concert they'll just play their hits of their features. Like, they'll just play through them and everybody loves it. Rick Ross did that for free, uh, and it was incredible. And, like, all of his people were on stage. It was just an incredible concert experience. Also, the juxtaposition of me seeing musical acts, like, not do that. You know, sometimes they want to play the new album, which I know that's the big gripe of a lot of concert people. It's like, you want to hear the good stuff. Rick Ross was like, you guys waited out all day. For some Rick Ross, I'm gonna give you some Rick Ross. You know, like that's that's the whole thing, like, and that's maybe the difference. You've seen so many people from up close now too, that it's mm -hmm. like you might feel like you've like checked everything off. Man, Rick yeah. Ross is now. I just want to go find the Rick Ross tour dates now. Um, after you said that, it's great. I saw him too. So this is wild. This is another Kimmel uh, music thing, and it's also stuff I probably would have never done. You know, I haven't been. Again, I won't say no to a concert, but I don't actively seek it out. You weren't going to seek out Blink-182, right? 
No, no, but they were there. Same with Nickelback. Yeah. I was like, I got to go. Everybody hates them, so I have to see what, Why? what that's about. What's all the rage? Why did they yeah. become the worst band in the world? How did that happen? You want to know a great thing about Nickelback? I can't remember the lead singer's name. Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger. So you know how uh, the, the mic stand that guitar players have and, like, lead singers, where it's, like, the mic's in front of them, and then it kind of it makes – it almost looks like a triangle a little bit, like, goes out so they can play their guitar. And some of them have, like – picks like guitar picks yeah in it they're like he had so many guitar picks oh no he's fumbling them. and he well he just kept flicking them into the audience he threw like 40 <laughs> picks and in a short window of time they played maybe four songs none of which i'd heard before like nickelback's had radio hits yeah which we can all agree on that maybe that's why people hate him so much he played zero songs I'd ever heard before, which was hilarious in and of itself. And he threw so many guitar picks into the crowd. It was a fascinating thing to watch because he would be playing and then he would just flick it and stop. And then he'd grab another one. And then he'd play for like 10 seconds and he'd flick it into the crowd. And then he'd grab another one. Then he'd play for 10 seconds and he'd flick another one. And he was hitting like such a radius of people over and over again with guitar picks. <laughs> it was nuts. It was Dude. nuts. Oh, I have I have another concert. Since we're on concerts, we're going long, but concert talk is pretty fun. Um, I snuck into. It's not a station anymore. Do you remember one hundred two on the edge? I do. They're uh, in Dallas. Yeah, they're the. Best. There's something else now, right? Well, yeah, they're the star. One hundred two on the star, and they are next, literally next door to the studio we're in. Oh, nice. Uh, five well, they steps away. They had a thing called Edge Fest. Yeah back in the day and i snuck into edge fest with a friend of mine and i for the only time i've ever done this i crowd surfed during 311 at pizza hut park <laughs> at, at toyota wait yeah it would have been pizza Hut park at the time because now it's yeah it's pizza Hut park and then it was toyota is it still toyota uh it's the place where fc dallas plays yeah which is clunkier arguably yeah no, no, no. Yeah, I crowd surfed during 311, which is the weirdest thing. Like, you think if I crowd surfed during 311, I crowd surfed during everything. Did you but like that's the three, only one. Did you like 311? Or were you just crowd surfing to 311? Because there's a big difference. I liked them a bit more after the crowd surfing experience. <laughs> um, I didn't have an opinion before. It was just like the, the end lineup, which I left and watched from afar for this next part because it was it was way too much for me. I also don't love crowds in general, which might be okay. my thing about uh, concerts. But uh, I crowd surfed during 311. So it was 311, and then the headliner was Corn. Uh, wow. And Corn is. It's insane to watch. And oh, wow. watch like a mosh pit form from like far away. It's, it's something. And I. I could see the mosh pit and everybody going nuts. And I was like, not only, and apologies to corn fans, it's like, not only do I hate what I'm hearing, I also hate what I'm seeing. And if I was in the mosh pit, I would also hate what I was feeling. And I would assume I would hate what I was smelling and occasionally tasting. So, corn, a corn concert is unappealing to every sense. I understand the mosh pit at a small club for 22 year olds. Uh, seeing a punk yeah. band, like I, I get it. We start talking, or, or a heavy metal band, or whatever, right? You start talking about going to big music festivals and moshing is happening. Like, hey, hold on, everyone, this is a lot of dads here. Let's uh, <laughs> let's look. Yeah. We have a lot of parents in the crowd moshing. They need to pull back a little bit. Like everyone, let's let's be smart here. Look out for everyone. A lot of people are gonna have sore backs tomorrow because of this moshing <laughs> very sore back like what is the appeal of it because maybe this is the appeal of mosh pits because you go through your whole day you wear your shirt and your tie and you go work for like state farm or whatever and you go through your whole being trying to not hurt yourself and other people or like throw your body or get into fist fights and then you know, corn plays, and you're like, yeah, let's beat the crap out of each other in a circle. I actually get it because that is a. This is what music all about. Music is about an emotional release. That's all. That's all music really is. Uh, I mean, is it like the Fight Club? 
syndrome of like you get you get it out. Uh, for some people, probably. There's a guy. There's a band uh, I go see every year from Detroit. We've actually become decent friends with the guys called Electric Six. Um, you've probably heard their song "Danger," um, in which the lyrics are "Fire in the disco, fire in the Taco Bell." Um, you should look up Electric Six. They're a pretty funny band. Their lead singer's name is Dick Valentine. Um, they've oh, got that's great. Uh, Dave uh, or or Dave, but Dave the White Wolf. I mean, they've got really got a doc, uh, Dr. Diet Mountain Dew. they got all kinds of cool band, oh, band members. I like that. Um, but there's a guy named Jerry that that's a – he's not – I wouldn't even call him a friend of mine. He's friends with the friends I know that we go with. It's a, it's Christina's uh, boyfriend, Mike, and his brother, Cash. And we go see Electric Six every time they're in Dallas. And they never play at a big place. And Jerry is a very reserved man. But every year, he shaves his head into the Lex Grossman. <laughs> okay? Oh, wow. And about usually every other year, we dress up in some form. Uh, now, we've, as we've gotten older, the dressing up stops. But he goes with a briefcase, and he's got handcuffs. He's handcuffed <laughs> to the briefcase. He has money in the briefcase, and he shaves wow. the Lex Gross. We shave the Lex Grossman into his head. He shaves every year. One night, he shaves his head, right? And then there's a couple songs where they mention money, and he throws a bunch of ones up in the air. One night a year, wow. he doesn't he go follow them on tour. He just we sit. They don't even play long shows. They play like a sixty minute show, like. Which is perfect. I think a a sixty minute show, a ninety minute runtime for a movie, uh, the, that's that's the dream. Well, shorter is better. Less is more. Nine holes of golf. That's all I, you need. I've tried to invent the twelve-hole golf course, but that's for another that's oh, for another episode. Yeah, that's perfect though. That's perfect. That, wait, okay. So I have a question before we move on. We went long on concerts, but it, it happens. Entertaining. So okay, he he goes all in for this concert. Is he a Halloween guy? Like, does he go in? Does he you know show up for Halloween and like get really into it? Not that I know of. But again, I only see him on day of the concert. You only, yeah, you wouldn't know. You just see him at the concert day. Hey, Jeff. that's fascinating to me. And it's it's like a ten year running thing, and we've never seen each other outside of that. Like, I I assume I don't know anything about his family. Uh, I remember there have has been a couple instances where he'd make a comment about his wife being pissed that he's doing this again. But yeah, I imagine. But it's, again. So if you saw him, you see him so infrequently, it stands to reason, I think you would just because you like recognize people and you're like a good friend, but if you saw him non-shaved head out of that setting in passing in the grocery store, there's a chance you would miss him because you're so used to this guy with a briefcase and money and shaved head. Like he has so many specific attributes physically for this specific thing. That, like, you you might miss this guy that you've known for, like, ten years. Yeah, I cannot guarantee you that I would notice him. I think I have spent enough time with him, like, before the show. Because there's this whole, like, build-up factor to, like, we're going to go shave this guy's head. Um, oh, you guys do the shaving. Do yeah, we do oh it. Oh, my God. Yes. And it's happened. Oh, my God. And, 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 and people have moved, you know, to different places. <laughs> but now um, we go to this kind of uh, – it's a friend of ours lives at this, you know, high-rise downtown. Oh, So we man. go out on the balcony and do it. And it's really funny to watch a, a neighboring building, see the people outside looking out like, what the hell's going on down there? They're shaving this guy's head. And to oh, the Lex man, Grossman, too. Great. The Lex Grossman's not a common haircut either. I mean, that's part of it, is the hair's still there on the sides. You know, <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's a really strange time. And you know what? Every year I'm like, the E6 show, September 18th, let's go. You know, everyone yeah. mark your calendars, and we go have you a time. you got to mark your calendar for that. Oh, my God. Um, Jesse, I think we should do the news. News Flash, Dance Party News Flash, Dance Party News Flash, Dance Party. And here's Jesse Kubinet with the news. 
Uh, well, I'm gonna get into a sponsor really quick first, if that's okay, Kevin. Oh, okay. And we went long. We went long on concert, so I'm gonna do. This is a short sponsor. Um, and and they said like, you know, I have a feeling you guys are gonna go long, so I'm gonna keep it short. We are brought to you by the dishes that you leave in the sink to soak. They're in there. That's promo code Kevin. Promo code Kevin. Thank you, dishes. That ought to get us. That ought to get us funded for the next month or so to keep this thing going. Fingers crossed. <laughs> kind of news story do you have, Jesse? Okay, this is um. You know, I I mentioned that Rick Ross uh, Rolling Stones article, which is still forever one of my favorites. I used to have a hard copy of that somewhere. Um, but I texted you this earlier in the week. This is one of my favorite headlines I've read in quite some time. And it's from Vice, so it's not like a traditional news story. But the headline says, I need to explain to you just how dire America's Pokemon card crisis is. Yeah. One more time. That's, I need to explain to you just how dire America's Pokemon card crisis is. The, the, um, when I read that headline you sent me, it it almost felt like... The writer of this article, it almost felt like a cry for help than an actual news story. <laughs> well, you're not far off from that. It is a cry for help for some people. Um, were you a Pokemon fan as a kid or... Not at all. But I you know, knew people who were, but I never got into Again, it. Again, much like the Dave Matthews band, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> I was a big Pokemon fan. Um, I had the cards. I played the Game Boy games. I watched the show the whole night. I really liked it. I've even gone back. They have a new version on the Switch that I've played that before. Um, and I'm, you know, an adult person. So I've played Pokemon within the last year. So I clicked on that headline faster than I've ever clicked on anything. And so what happened is because of COVID and the lockdown, a lot of people spending, obviously, a lot more time at home. Some people moving back home. And I think this that's probably, like, the biggest thing that's, you know, brought this on. People going through some of their old stuff and finding their Pokemon cards again. Mm -hmm. And it just was a lot of people at once thinking like, are these worth anything? You see it happen a lot with Beanie Babies, um, Pokemon cards, or anything collectible, like action figures. I don't know what the next thing is. Um, you know, uh, Funkos, you know what Funkos are? Uh, figurines? Yeah, absolutely. They're like a, Mine, it's not like a bobblehead type thing, but it's uh, yeah, different. It's a bobblehead that doesn't bobble. Yeah. My nieces and nephews are obsessed with those things, and I think those will be the next wave of, like, these are worth a gajillion dollars. Um, but Pokemon cards, it's always been talked about that they're worth a lot of money, like special ones, holographic ones, whatever. So people are finding these Pokemon cards, and you don't just... I think this is the same with athletic trading cards, too. You can't just, like, put them on eBay and be like, this card is worth $5,000. You have to send it to somebody to certify it. And... This article dives into there's three specific ones that are just for Pokemon cards. So three specific companies that uh, validate and certify these Pokemon cards. And the way you're correct of them thinking that like it's a dire life or death situation, one of them in the article calls it like the 9-11 of collectibles because so many people are sending their Pokemon cards to these three places that they're completely overwhelmed and overrun with Pokemon card requests. And they're saying that in order to get your estimates back on how much your Pokemon cards are worth, it can take almost a full year. Oh my god. Dude, I believe and it, like, though. If you sent Pokemon cards tomorrow, put them in the mail, odds are they would send them back. Because the demand is too high and they cannot take any more orders right yeah, now. Yeah, if it can't be certified, then you're dealing with a very, very sketchy market. You're basically asking to get scammed if you go buy oh. if you go buy cards online that haven't Absolutely. been like you, you have to be certified. People are just start, it's it's like ticket scamming. And then I'm, I'm assuming there's a serial number component as well, and apparently that matters a lot. Yeah, there's a serial number and then a condition. So, condition. you know, if you had it out and you were playing with it, you know, one that could be worth hundreds of thousands, which is true. Like, I'm looking at one. Charizard was always the big one. There's a Charizard. There's, like, five examples that they have going from left to right of, like, some of the most high-value Pokemon cards. And there's a Charizard that right now, if you have it in the right condition and the right way that these guys 
certify it or whatever, $350,000. Because there's only a few. It's worth $350,000 for something that you probably bought for seven bucks when you were nine years old. And just wanted to have it and you could play the game and all that stuff. Not knowing. I missed the whole thing. I remember buying, um, you know, some of, it was before uh, really the bobblehead craze came back. Because I would think it was an old thing. And then bobblehead. But I remember having a few, like, uh, football-like figurines. And I remember my dad saying, well, you don't open it. And I was like, what? What do you mean you don't open it? He goes, no, no, you mm-hmm. leave it in the box. Because it could be worth something one day. You leave it in the box. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. Like, I want to play with it. I have it so it's out. And I, I don't understand. Why can't I have it out? I can store it on my shelf. My friends come over. I got these badass figurines. It's like, no, no, no. But that, that's not the point of it. The point is this is an investment. And so I did was like organizing. I remember getting like the, the, the ways to take care of a baseball and football and basketball cards, right? You got the sleeves. Mm-hmm. Well, just recently, I've got the, uh, the I'll mention the Saroy's twin, uh, not twin, the Saroy brothers again. Because it's Christina's boyfriend, Mike, and Cash, who I used to work with uh, over at the ticket. And um, really good people. They've done a lot for me uh, in this industry. They've started something called the Collection Network. And they're just opening cards all the time now. And they're breaking packs, and they're doing this whole thing because that world is back. And I don't know if it took a global pandemic to make that world come back. Because I, I swear to God, I I went about from the age of twelve to like thirty, not giving a crap or hearing a thing about cards or collectibles. Yeah. Like not just not knowing or hearing about it. And it's a thing now again. And that's that's outside yeah. of the whole NFT thing, and that's a whole other world. It's kind of yeah. nuts, man. And I'll go on the record now. I don't know what an NFT is, and that's not me asking for it to be explained. I'm yeah. gonna just wait. I'm gonna wait till that's gone. You know what? I got in. It's really I'm stupid. Gonna- yeah, I'm gonna wait till that's gone. My attitude. There's no room in my head for uh, anything I learned in math growing up, and there's no room for for new stuff regarding NFTs. My attitude on that was the same as yours, until uh, Christina was opening up those Top Shot things, you know, and she got a good one. It was like a Damian Lillard Top Shot moment. Now I know this probably just sounds like a mess to you. But she was able to get quite a bit of a profit off of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, all you got to do is like sign up and then it's like $9 for a pack. You know? I was like, you know what? I have $9 to spare. So I got in and I bought a couple packs. And it's like a big line you got to get in and all this stuff. It's a digital line. And I know this is going to make your eyes gloss over. But I, I have, I'm doing the hokey pokey here. I got one foot in, and my other one's out, and the rest of my body's out, but I do have my right foot in. I'm just testing to see the temperature of the water before... I don't think I'm going to jump in, but I, I don't want to fully miss out if I have a chance to make some easy money. This is why I'll never be a wealthy person, because I will never do that. Yeah, it's smart. You know What you're doing is smart. The only way I will achieve great wealth is if I actually find it. If I stumble upon it and find a treasure uh, treasure chest of short, like if I have a parking spot uh, at some apartment or garage that I live, and uh, there's like a loose floorboard or something, and I lift it up, and there's just like a bunch of money in there. That's the only way I'll ever be rich. You literally stumble upon it. Yeah, it has to be an accident. And then you, be on the thing is, you break your leg, and then you cry for help. the The first responders take your treasure. Yeah. Because you can't move. You're immobile because a part of your bone is popping out of your skin. Or the dream is to get hit by, like, a Tesla. Oh, yeah. That's the dream. I mean, kind of possible. Very possible. Uh, If you're following the news lately, it... Okay, we're super late. Let's get... uh, Before Saturday Night Live happens, though. Oh. Is it a little weird? I'm glad... I wasn't going to watch because I think he's an idiot. Uh, but I'm going to watch because I think we are going to see the worst host in SNL history. Well, you know, I think what happens on Saturday night 
has everything to do with his attitude during the week because he knows the yeah. criticism. How much awareness does he have? And it's been a good have? week. How much awareness? It's been a good does, week for them. Yeah. How much awareness does he have to be cool? It's the thing, and and I, I don't know enough about him honestly, and uh, like I know some things about him, and I am interested by the person. I do think it's a little weird that one of your self-driving cars gets in an accident and kills two people, and the announcement the next day is, the next host of Saturday Night Live is Elon Musk. And I'm like, hey, man, one of your cars just killed some people. Like, do you yeah, not have I, any blood on your hands at all? <laughs> and then, like, so this week, like, a bu- one of his – I think it happened today. They were recording this. One of his spaceships that, like, is the goal for that one to be for Mars, like, landed successfully, and the other ones all blow up. But, like, the reason I think it's going to be the worst ever is I've watched a few of his events, like a Tesla event. He's legitimately bad at public speaking. He, he's very bad at it. He's not all there. No, no. And he, he – I say he's an idiot because I do think he's an idiot. But I know that he's smart. But I'm, in that, he's an idiot. And I think he is so smart that he's a little awkward. Uh, and that generally doesn't translate well to comedy. So my my parents and my brother all work at a at a um, place that builds you know municipal airplanes. Uh, they work at a municipal, municipal airport, but they they're a company that builds airplanes. Um, and I am very fascinated by that world. I guess it's like in my family the uh, idea of flight. So I, the the SpaceX you know phenomenon. I am fascinated by it, but I've always been into like flying objects. So I mean it's not. Anything special? I think all of us are like, "Hey, look at that thing flying up there! Pretty cool." You know? I tell you what, another controversial one. I don't care what's up there. <laughs> we're we're going up there too much. It's a mess down here. What are we doing up there? Let's it's a mess here. up Let's there. Fix. Let's fix down here. It's a mess up I don't there care. too. I don't care what's going on up there. I agree. UFOs, no UFOs and NFTs. I want no part of either. His his plan though is like. We gotta go up there because it's such a mess down here. <laughs> but that go read up. Go read up on space trash. Oh God, There's a bunch of crap up there, man. Like, what is happening? We got ocean trash. There's so much stuff everywhere. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Jesse. Can you hit that sponsor read one more time? I want to make sure they get yeah. enough love. I just want to make sure. Of course, our sponsors are the dishes that you leave in the sink to soak. Dishes that you leave in the sink. So, they're uh, they're in there. Thank you, dishes. Thank you, Jesse. Until next time, I'm Kevin, and I love you. All right, did we record this? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.